It's time for the Snap.BuildCast, your podcast focused on home builders of all sizes and offering professional views of experts in the home building industry, from financing to final walkthroughs. Thanks for joining us. Let's get Welcome to the SnapBuild podcast. And we're with Brad David, EVP of Snap.Build. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. So today we're going to talk about an interesting topic because there was a report from the Association of Professional Builders 2022, their annual report on the state of residential construction. And they found some key findings that I think builders, you know, mortgage brokers, um, people that are building uh, homes, um, working with you know, residential uh, high-end builders uh, would be interested in. So here are the three points, and then we'll kind of dive into uh, the details of it and get Brad's perspective. Uh, what the point number one was almost one third of global residential construction projects were delivered late in 2021 and 2022. That trend has continued. Um, Less than half of the residential builders underestimated their fixed expenses per job and per day, and more residential projects were over budget. And I think this is not just, you know, in this report, you know, these are things that happen uh, every day in the construction industry and, of course, in other industries. And, you know, Brad, you have 30 years of building experience, being on the ground, in the dirt, Um why is it that projects are delivered late? What are the key factors and how can builders alleviate some of those key factors? And then we can talk about some of the mechanisms of, of around technology and planning that can help alleviate some of these problems. Sure. Uh, you know, again, I always focus on the, the residential um sector of these conversations you know yeah and um the the reason that that we you typically see there's a lot of reasons in residential construction why projects are delivered late there's so many factors that go into scheduling on the residential side some of which are you know totally out of the builder's control whether it's weather uh you and i were having a, a conversation you know before we started uh, the, the pod about COVID and the impact that COVID had on our industry specifically. It affected so many different industries, so many different ways. But one of the ways that we really saw it affect residential construction is specific to this article and the point that it's making. It totally disrupted the supply chain. There were tons of logistic issues. All of a sudden, you had a workforce that was in limbo a little bit in, in terms of could they go to work? Uh, you know, what did that look like? So if you think about it as, you know, the builder is the quarterback of every build, every project, he sits in the middle between scheduling the trades, um, you know, managing all that goes into that, whether it's weather or completion of a prior task and, and all those kind of things. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable that, you know, the builders that did well and stayed on track, um, if you could do a deep dive into their business and figure out 
how they did it. It's there's a huge lesson there. I know that for our builder clients, you know, we feel like we provided a huge resource for them because again, what we provide our clients is, hey, you just go build. And now that's a very generic catch-all term, but the yeah. reality is we're providing such a huge back office service for our builder clients uh, with our technology platform and the way that it manages payables and really reduces the amount of overhead needed for that specific task. And so when you had these, all these delivery delays and logistic nightmares and supply chain disruptions, somebody in a builder's office had to dig in and manage that. Yeah. How am I going to, you know, so they're telling me my appliances are 11 weeks out. Okay. I got to, I've got to get all these appliances ordered, you know, and, and that's just one component of the build. That was, it was that way for concrete, lumber, drywall, everything. And so the, the, the greater point I'm making is by, you know, having partners and having technology in your business that allows the builder to really focus on the critical issues uh, to me, that's just a huge benefit. And that's what I'm talking with my builder clients. That's what I'm always reminding them of is that, Hey, look, you've got these people in your office. We're going to take some of their workload off by the way that we manage payables and manage, you know, your capital. And those, those, you know, able-bodied people in your office can work on the things that are most pressing over the course of the last two years. That's been managing supply chain, managing deliveries, making sure we're keeping our place in line and, you know, when your staff is spread thin, some of that doesn't get the attention it needs. And so, you know, selfishly, we like to we like to think we were a big part of the solution for our builders that did well. Yeah. Um, and so when I'm when I'm talking to builder clients, I'm like, let me just walk you through how, you know, this works. And it, it really resonates. But, you know, back to your question, late deliveries are just they're the bane of a builder's existence because in the building business, you're borrowing money to build these houses. And it's simply a factor of how quickly can I get through the build, return the capital and, you know, keep the cost of the interest I pay and everything associated with it down. And that's just build cycle times. Right. Uh, if I, you know, if I've got a buyer or if I've got a custom job or I've got, you know, on the bill for rent side, if I've got an institutional buyer, if I've got a takeout in place, the best thing that I can do is deliver the product as quickly and efficiently as possible. And so, you know, that's why builders are always trying to, uh, no, no builder wants to get bogged down in a project and have a late delivery. It's a nightmare. And, and that, that, uh, what you talked about using the staff on prioritization and, and allowing people to, really focus in on the details, you know, I, you know, it, it plays the point number two of this article where, you know, do builders understand their fixed expenses per job per day, right? Like how detailed are they looking at this to help solve that, that immediate issue of delay and how can they, you know, play catch up. Um, And, you know, there's always going to be people on these projects, but the technology can help really focus down on the details uh around what is our cost per day you know what's our what's our cost you know our expenses per the job how can how can we look at that in a way that we can find creative solutions to to catch up yeah 
well as a as a builder and as you're growing your business and attempting to scale and that that's a different that's a different answer for every builder scale doesn't always mean you know bigger and better um or more but if you're if you're trying to grow in a in a thoughtful and efficient way listen i when i was really busy and building and I was fully integrated in that business and that mindset, I got up every morning and knew that if I had, I got 30 jobs going, I'm, I'm building 30 houses across, you know, different neighborhoods, et cetera. In my mind, I always had this interest figure, you know, because every job had a construction loan. There's a per diem interest cost. And if I pulled up on a job and something wasn't happening, if my superintendents didn't have activity in that house that day, we were just paying, you know, basic, we, we, we might as well have lit money on fire. Right. Because every day that something doesn't get complete, every day that job doesn't continue to progress, at least that we can control. Now you get a house complete and it hadn't sold and it sits. Hey, that, that's a different scenario. But if we're not super efficient in our build cycle times, it just costs money. It goes straight to the bottom line and, all builders are conscious of that. Some get fixated on it and it, it can, it can also go the other direction where that's all you worry about and are concerned about and you're not making great decisions. And really that it, to me, it always circles back to what processes do I have in place? What tools and by tools, what technology do I have in place to help me manage that, mitigate that and uh, be the most efficient in it. And again, in my mind, it, a lot of it circles back to we've got a platform that really addresses a big piece of that, and we can help guys build faster. Um, and and the, the, the tough thing for builders, too, is, okay, I'm, I need to implement a technology platform of some kind in my business to, to handle, you know, certain issues takes people, you know. It, it's, yeah. I've got to hire people. I've got to put people in place, et cetera. Um, and for our builder clients, you know, that's a that's included in in what we provide in terms of the capital. It's, it's attached to that. And so there's not that capital outlay. There's not that human capital that you have to go put in place. And, um, you know, so, again, I'm always in, in my discussions with my builder clients reminding them, hey, this is such a unique way of doing this. You're kind of outsourcing that to us. And w- all we focus on is that piece of your business every day so that you can focus on other pieces of it. And, and uh, it resonates. It really does. Yeah. And, and and not to get philosophical and deep, but Steve Jobs has a great quote and it's, you know, focus is about saying no. Right. And sometimes delegation outsourced resources in a way that can, um, you know, that cost to value equation where, you know, the, the do it yourself on an Excel spreadsheet compared to a company that has technology and uh, accountability and level of detail, you know, the value could be there um, to help solve other problems that the builder might not even be aware of. I agree. I, I totally agree. And again, how, how you select those partners um, and, and what value those partners bring should always be part of that selection process. And so we're always focused on, hey, 
our platform has got to be best in class. What we do from a delivery perspective has got to be best in class. And then what can we add on top of it? What are we not providing our builders that they need that we know they need? Right. So we're trying, we're trying to stay ahead of our builders coming to us and saying, I'll tell you what would be very helpful. We want to, we want to drive those things to them. Hey, look, here is something that, you know, you may not be looking at, but we think you should be looking at it. And we, you know, our, our monthly spend and burn on our technology is what produces that. And, you know, I'd love to have a piece of technology that we never had to invest in again. And we didn't have that capital outlay, uh, but that's just not the reality of, of, of technology itself. We constantly have to be evolving, improving the product so that we're delivering that delighting our customer at every turn and delivering the, the experience that, that they, you know, expect and need in their business. Well, yeah. And I mean, when it comes to technology that, you know, that is a best practice. I mean, listening to the builders, getting feedback because, you know, nothing can be built and just sit right. It, it builder builders needs change. Um, the industry changes, right. The marketplace change, like, there's always going to be change. And I think, you know, one of the things that you guys do very well is listening to builders and building that relationship around, you know, not just the lending, but the the use of technology and and really that white glove experience working with a builder where it's it's definitely more relationship relationship driven and not just transactional driven. Um for sure. I, I I did want to talk to you about, you know, getting back to this uh, projects over budget. Are there themes in your career that you've seen over and over again that, you know, probably experienced builders like yourself know where the issues are going to occur and they've already kind of been there, done that and understand um where the delays are going to happen or, you know, they have a sense of where things will shift and, and need to be, uh, you know, uh, taken care of, but for, you know, maybe builders are that are trying to take that next level of, of getting from, you know, six, six builds a month to 12 builds a month, right. They're doubling. What themes do you see around budget control and over budget issues? Sure. It's, it's a, it's, you know, in our business, it's, it's the fundamental uh, piece of, of what every builder is concerned about. Typically builders feel like, Hey, I've got the ability to go find the right sub to identify the right location. Uh, Those things are things that we always feel like we can control to a degree. Things you can't control, um, or seasonality, you know, a lot of times there's nothing you can do about the weather. In the construction industry, there's just simply nothing you can do about the weather. Um, that drives delays. Uh, you know, when it comes to budgeting, it, it, a lot of it is regional. You know, you have, to, you have to know and understand where you're building. You have to know and understand that, um, you know, in the South, for example, if – if you're going to, if you're in an area of the South, let's just take Georgia because I'm so intimately familiar with Georgia. But if you're building in Metro Atlanta, there are a lot of areas that have rock. And so if I'm building basement houses and I've got rock, 
I have to understand that it's going to take me a certain amount of time to do my, my grading and my excavation to get the foundation walls poured, et cetera. Sometimes you can, you can read all the data you want, but you have to understand how projects flow. You have to understand these are the things I'm going to run into. Even if I am at the top of my game and I'm controlling everything that I can control, et cetera, when I start digging a basement and I hit rock, certain things are going to happen. Or if I hit bad soil, certain things are going to happen that really will kind of blow a budget that you're not prepared for. Um, specifically, again, over the last couple of years, the effect that COVID has had on we talked about logistics and, and build cycle times, et cetera. But COVID has affected the marketplace in so many different ways, whether it's the, the wild fluctuations in pricing of lumber, uh, you know, the price of the price of gas and the price of oil always trickles down into right. construction, whether it's commercial right. residential, but in residential, because as those prices rise, Every single component that goes into a home is touched by one of those things. Yes. Well, in the delivery, you know, all your subs are factoring in higher input costs that you might call them. And so those are the things that as a builder, you're always watching. You have zero control over. Most builders are not building. They're not Horton or Lennar, somebody that can go out and hedge lumber futures. And, you know, there are different levers they can pull that. Uh, you know, they're able to really hedge margin erosion, that kind of thing. The small to mid-sized builder is just at the mercy of the market. If lumber goes up and he's, he's already set and locked in a price, the only place that comes from is typically his margin. Now, we've been in a great market in terms of overall supply and demand and inventory. And so guys have been able to adjust price up a little bit to compensate for that. Uh, but now what we're seeing in this market is, you know, with with the rise of mortgage rates, the resale market is totally flat. There, there is no there is no consistent resale market out there. So new construction is the only game in town. But still, now builders are, OK, I got to balance seven to eight percent rates. I used to could sell when I was selling a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar house at four percent here was the you know here was the slice of people i was appealing to well at seven and a half to eight percent the same amount of people is now cut in half yeah and so you really you, you're starting to hit some ceilings on pricing which is a good thing overall but builders have to understand okay i don't have i had the luxury of i can manipulate my sales price a little bit and make up for a spike in lumber or a spike in sheetrock, or an overage in foundation cost. When it gets, when the market gets tight, and you don't have the ability to just add ten thousand to sales price, and everybody's going to buy it, you know. So then you really see how complicated that equation is. And again, you got to have partners that recognize that and that can help you with that. Specifically, if you've got technology implemented in your business, you better have technology that's helping you either identify those things, mitigate those things, uh, at least help you be aware of them. Right. Right. And, um, you know, so it's, 
I, I get, I obviously, I get in the weeds a little bit and I'll go down rabbit holes on, on some of these issues. But when you live it, uh, like I've lived it for these years and I grew up hearing my dad and my uncles constantly talk about these issues because you talk about the stuff you can't control. You yeah. don't talk about, you don't talk about how hard you worked or, you know, all those things that you can control, the things that drive you crazy are the things you can't control. And so, right, which, which are the most frustrating because they have sometimes the biggest impact on your livelihood, your business, your family, your uh, relationship partners, right? Uh, that's the sure. frustration part. Um, yeah. Brad, this was great sure. um, talking about solving the residential construction budget issues. Um, and the reality, unfortunately, is there's just like in life and work and business, there's just some things that you can't control, but, you know, how can you at least um, be aware of these things and be ready for when they happen? So Brad, awesome right. conversation today and uh, look forward to the next one. Yeah. So I guess the next time that we speak, we will, we will be fully into the dogs season. And it looks like that we'll, we'll be into the Eagle season, which uh, as we all know now, the Eagles are simply just a professional version of, you know, the dogs down here in Athens. And so we'll have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> That's right. The, uh, <laughs> the college, the, yeah, they are the, they're the minor league football team of the NFL Eagles. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah you're but, looking at it one way and I'm looking at it. The yeah. Other is it, we it is, see it the same way. It sure. is funny. It is funny. It will be football season next time we talk, which is great. That's right. Awesome, Brad. We'll take care and uh, we will talk again. Sounds great. Talk soon. Bye-bye.